Whether you have a diagnosis or not, I don't care. I'll teach you how to find what's causing your health concerns using the labs you already have. Your doctor might tell you your blood work is normal, but I'm here to teach you a better way. If you're a doctor or a health coach and anything in between, there's one for you too. Go grab your free blood work and supplement cheat guide so you can learn how to read your labs yourself. Plus, come join me for the free three-day live what your normal labs really tell you challenge every fourth week of the month with the last one in May. Download your cheat guides and register here at drkylieburton.com. This podcast is sponsored by Systemic Formulas and Nutribiome. Systemic Formulas, the supplement company I trust with my patients and family. In fact, when I discovered Systemic Formulas, not only did my patients get faster results, but it made my life easier too. Instead of ordering from a handful of companies, I use 95% SF products. They're top of the line quality with the best lab west of the Mississippi. They're pure, potent, and they get results. In fact, I recommend you follow their Instagram at Systemic Formulas Institute. Jump inside their Facebook group and put my name into the search bar. You'll discover multiple videos of me teaching you labs, products, and even business tools. Everybody can join the Instagram, but practitioners, the Facebook group is just for you. Also, the man who's behind the Systemic Formulas products, Dr. Shane Morris, is launching a new line of supplements designed to take your microbiome to the next level, and it's not just probiotics. He has specific prebiotics designed to feed the probiotics. Oh, and anybody can order them too. Learn more and order soon at mybiome.com, M-Y-B-Y-O-M-E.com. And last but not least, are you a practitioner looking to improve your online presence, but it's overwhelming thinking about building a website, connecting it to a funnel, and then having it all actually make money? Let Tara help you take your dream and make it a reality. She's been the driving force behind my entire website and mastermind, my entire online business. Tara can help you build yours too. She's got brand new packages designed to help you grow your business and future-proof it. With over 20 years of experience in the online business consulting and website mastery world, she's your girl. Go check her out at TaraConsultingInc.com. That's T-E-R-R-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-I-N-C.com. All right, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. We are in season four, over 100 episodes in and changing the world, one episode, one listener at a time. If you have loved anything you have heard, please share this with a friend. And the best compliment I can receive is a review. So log in wherever you listen to your podcast episodes and share a five-star review That way, more people can start changing their life and healing beyond the diagnosis. Today's episode is with Sabrina. I'm going to let you say the last name. Magna. There you go. It's French. So I'm I'm English. (laughs) I am American. I will let her speak French. Sabrina is a specialist in helping us heal our relationship with food. So if you are a chronic yo-yo dieter, where 
you might believe perfection is required as far as diet, and you find yourself overeating and binging, this is for you. I want to help you, and Sabrina's here to help you heal our relationship with food. Food is not the enemy. So, Sabrina, I'm excited to have you on to hear your perspective because I know this is a gigantuous problem. Thank you so much for having me on and letting me talk about this. Like you said, this really big issue that we find a lot, especially now with the health and weight loss industry being massively influential. Yeah. And I know when I'm talking with patients, whether it's in a group setting or or whatever it may be in the membership or wherever, they're always asking me, well, what do you want me to eat? My reply is, I want you to eat food. No diet? Well, what diet in the past has worked for you? I've tried like everything and they don't work. Exactly. I want you to just eat food and enjoy food again. It always blows their mind. Like, you don't have a diet for me to go on? I'm like, no. Has it worked for you in the past? No. Well, then why am I going to give it to you again? And it's funny because I'm very explicit that in the work that I do, I do not encourage dieting. Um, I have a very like explicit non-dieting approach. And even clients who sign up with work for me and they go into it knowing that that's my philosophy within our first week, they're like almost questioning and testing me like, oh, she's about to tell me what I can't eat. Like she's about to put me on a diet because we've been so conditioned to believe that is the only way to be healthy. Yeah. I literally just did a video on my Instagram and TikTok pages this past weekend where it was stop blaming your food and start blaming the air you breathe and the water you drink. Food gets pounded upon and from every angle, intermittent fasting, keto, don't eat breakfast, eat breakfast, avoid carbs, avoid gluten and dairy and soy and sugar and eggs and peanut butter. And what the heck are you supposed to eat? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the funny and interesting part of that is that when you go in with that mentality of, I can't eat sugar, I can't eat bread. Do you ever actually manage to cut those foods out long-term or do you manage to restrict them for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, if you're really, really good on that. And then you eventually end up falling off the wagon and then you overeat and you have this last supper mentality of, I'm going to go another couple of months without eating this food. So I'm going to eat as much as I possibly can now so that I don't feel like I'm deprived anymore. So we never actually manage to cut those foods out, no matter how much we try. Yeah. Or that you also hear the mentality of, well, I ate this. So my day is a failure. Mm -hmm. That really how we want to jurisdiction, like make, make a judgment on how our day was successful or not, or whether we ate this or we didn't eat this, or we kept within this amount of carbs and we, or we didn't eat till 11 AM that day. And when I did eat, I ate the specific food. I mean, life is stressful enough. Yeah. If we have to deal with food and, like that and exercise yeah, and, to, and to connect our worth to the amount of calories that we put into our body. Is that the yeah. kind of life that we want to live for the rest of our days? People might look at us and be like, well, it's fine for you two to talk about this. Cause you're not obese. Like you've never sat in those shoes. 
And I think to myself, when I see somebody who's fighting with their weight issues and they're fighting with obese or BMI or whatever the heck they want to term it as, my immediate thought is that their bodies are protecting themselves. What are their bodies protecting themselves against? No diet, no exercise regimen is going to ever cut into that. That's mm-hmm. healing on a different level. And two, if dieting and exercise was the pure answer, why are there 90 zillion different Google responses when you type in, how do I lose weight? So let's talk yeah. about this. How do we heal from this paradigm that has been shoved down our throats from every angle to, I'm going to go eat this food, whatever this food is, and I'm going to love every bite of it. And I will never be harsh upon myself for eating that food. Oh my God. What a, what a big question. And there are (laughs) definitely so many steps to take when it comes to that. The very, very first thing that needs to be done is to reject the notion that dieting will ever work. Because the thing is that 95% of diets result in the weight coming back within three to five years. And two thirds of dieters will gain back more weight than they originally lost. And it's becoming so clear on the stats and like the actual, the actual data that shows that dieting is one of the biggest predictors of weight gain over time. And it increases your risk of heart disease and of premature death. And it's actually been shown to be more dangerous to go up and down the same weight, you know, going up the 20 pounds and then losing the 20 pounds. It is as dangerous to do that than it is to maintain a higher weight. So being able to first realize that there will not be that one diet, that intermittent fasting, the keto, whatever your neighbor was doing, the juice cleanse, If you want to do something that is going to genuinely improve your health long-term, it is about cutting that cord, whether that means doing a social media detox, leaving all of the keto groups and the intermittent fasting groups and unfollowing the social media influencers that make you feel worse about yourself. Like whatever you see every single day is going to get so seeped into your mindset. And we don't even realize that by following these accounts, we think that we're keeping ourselves accountable, that we're keeping ourselves motivated. What we're actually doing is we're making ourselves feel worse about what our body looks like, what we've been eating that day, because it doesn't align with the influencer who's telling you, this is what I eat in a day. And it's like 800 calories worth of food. Well, there's a very, very strong influencer in the functional medicine world. And I, and I won't use his name because he's very, very popular. His big idea. And I followed him for a time and I just said, I can't take this anymore. He just diminishes our food supply so tremendously that it was 
having a negative impact on my life and the way I thought. And I'm just like, I can't, can't take this. And I don't care how brilliant he is and how many hundreds of thousands of followers he has. I'm out. And if that's what you need to do, do it. So I love that Mm -hmm. step one is reject the notion that dieting won't work. And part of rejecting that is get yourself out of the environment on social media. If it is a causing any ill feelings towards food and your choices around food and your view upon your body, get out of them. You have a little tab that says unfollow for a reason. Do it. Yeah. It's me. It better not be me because I don't have no food like this, but whoever it is, get out and then go get with the people that you really resonate with. Go find Sabrina, go find myself if you haven't already. So yeah, number one, reject the notion. I mean, it's not just something that's going to happen overnight. I mean, this is mindset stuff where you've got to purge the source and then go back in and reheal, rewire the brain. Hmm. So it's funny that you say that because I, the reason why I started getting into this work is because I struggled with my relationship with food and with disordered eating and with dieting. And I thought, well, by following these accounts, I'm learning about health, right? I'm learning what foods are healthy, what foods are not like I'm actually taking care of myself. And then you have to dive deeper and ask yourself, well, when I feel anxious because I'm eating these foods that aren't quote unquote healthy for you, is it actually productive to my long-term health? No, because then I end up eating those foods and I feel guilty and then I hate myself. And then my self-esteem goes down and it's like this vicious cycle. And like you said, health goes beyond just food and nutrition. It also goes about how you feel about yourself, how you take care of yourself. And those actions are going to come out of that kind of self-worth that you have in your body image. When I first started this whole functional medicine thing, it was all physical treatment, physical modalities, supplements. And the more I get into it, the more I'm like, you have to incorporate mindset because people, we have been so indoctrinated. One, that food is everything. Food determines our health. Two, that we have to manage these diagnoses that we receive. Three, if we don't have a diagnosis, that means we don't have answers. You have to purge all of that. You have to, in your words, reject the notion of all of that and retrain your mindset. It takes a lot of retraining the mind. It's hard work. It's not just take a supplement and call it good. No, it is hard work. and it requires doing some really uncomfortable things because we feel comfortable. For example, when it comes to dieting, um, I would say that would be the second step is to do uncomfortable things like getting rid of those dieting tools that you believe are keeping you accountable. So that means putting that bathroom scale away, smashing it, doing whatever you need with it, and I've recommended before to go to the top room in your house, open up the window and let it just crash. Yes. Yes. And, and I've had some clients who struggle with that first step because they're like, well, how do I know if what I'm doing is right? If 
I don't have the skill to determine it. And the thing is that I teach intuitive eating and intuitive eating. It's about focusing on your behaviors. When you're able to focus on what you do every single day, that's a much better indication of, am I doing this right? And there's no right or wrong with intuitive eating, but am I making improvements? Am I making progress? That scale does not determine all of those factors that are going to be important in how healthy and how happy you are. And shift it from the scale to becoming the scale of something else. Did my brain think more clearly today? Was I able to read three books to my kids at bed, not just two? Was I able to maybe make a 30-minute dinner, not just a five-minute dinner? Check into those things and flash back at the end of the day and say to yourself, I am good. I'm grateful for this. My win is this. Yeah. We're so hard I slept on better. Yeah. Great one. Yeah. Was I able to fall asleep quickly? Did I lay there, toss and turn? Did I wake up feeling rested? Those are wins. The mm-hmm. win of a two pound weight loss is not a win because that number will fluctuate every year of your life. Yes, exactly. And another, another dieting tool that, you know, a lot of people have a hard time with is my fitness pal or those calorie counters, or even for some people it's fitness trackers that we think they're keeping us accountable. Oh my God, I have to make sure that I get a certain number of steps or that I close my activity rings. And those can start off as innocent tools, but they can become obsessive. I know that for me, when I was like trying to heal, I had to take a break. Now I have it back. Now I have my tracker back because I'm, I have my, my barrier to diet culture. But back then I had to take a break from it because it was becoming excessive and it was giving me anxiety. And so deleting my fitness pal and getting rid of the meal plans and the the tools that you use, whether it's like those portion control containers, all of those things that are trying to give you these like rigid set of rules of how you should be eating based on these standardized portion sizes or calorie numbers that you should be hitting, get rid of those. Because what they do is they disconnect you from your body and you're constantly eating based on external factors of what other people tell you you should eat, how other people tell you you should eat. Instead of listening to your body, which is the smartest possible thing that can tell you how you should be eating. I once heard that your, your body is the best doctor. Listen to it. I agree with that. And if you're listening right now and you're thinking, okay, what's one thing that I can do right now? Sabrina just said it. If you're using a tracker, if you're on a social media group and what you need to get out of, if you're using portion controlled containers, if you have a weight scale in your house, pick one thing and reject it. Detach yourself from it. Throw the containers in the garbage. Shatter your weight scale. Get out of the weight loss group whatever it needs to be, take that initial step and tell yourself, I'm doing this because it's better for me and it's better for my health. Mm -hmm. 
So you said you worked through your own eating disorder stuff without getting into too much detail if you don't want to. What was the key turning point for you in your own journey? Yeah. So this is something I'm very open with now. Obviously, when I was going through it, I held it all to myself. Most people didn't even know I was going through it, but I struggled with my body image, body dysmorphia, did the dieting, thinking that being in a smaller body would make me healthier and happier. And then there was never a number on the scale that was enough for me. And See, so that's the thing too, with, with weight loss in general, people are always striving to lose weight, whether they're 20, whether they're 30 or 40 or 75, it's never enough. Think about the weight on your shoulders when you're constantly worrying about your weight and losing more, let it go. Yeah. And free yourself, literally free yourself from this. And this concept of a goal weight where there's this one weight that you should be hitting and then you'll be happy and then you'll be healthy. Anyone who's listening to this, I encourage you to ask yourself, where did you get this number from? Is it a number that you were at 20 years ago before kids, before a family, before a job? Was it a number that you were at last year? there's always, your body is always going to be changing. And this goal weight might not even be achievable. And to get to that goal weight, if it requires you to work out seven days a week, if it requires you to think about food all the time, to be hungry, to miss out on social events, that is not the weight that your body is going to want to be at. And it is going to fight with you every single day to achieve its set point weight where it can maintain that while living its life. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. And when we talk about exercise, the same thing with food, when people are always like, well, what do you want me to eat? So why don't you eat food? What do you want me to exercise? I don't. Go out for a walk, try some yoga, maybe even go take your kids to the park. Hmm. You don't want me to go to the gym? Well, do you like going to the gym? No. Well, then why would I tell you to go to the gym? Forcing yourself into some type of activity because it's somewhat, it's supposed to be healthy for you. Is it healthy for you if you're forcing your body to do it? Now, that being said, I like exercise. It's good for us. There's lots of research about it, but I am 18 months postpartum. I've been on my spin bike three times, literally three times in the last 18 months. I'm not beating myself up about it. I just know that my body's not ready for hard physical exercise again. And then on the flip side, I've literally talked to patients who are exercising their bodies to death. And I'm not even kidding about it. They are exercising their bodies to death. I look at their labs. They're clinically depressed. They have thyroid issues. Um, they're fighting all sorts of underlying symptoms that nobody can pinpoint. I look at their labs. By their labs, they should be in bed all day long, every day, because their body has so much going on on the inside, and yet they're forcing it to run a marathon on Saturday. Yeah. 
all in the name of health, right? Yeah. And when I tell them, you're not running a marathon on Saturday, well, why not? It's good for me. You're literally running your body to death. Yeah. Give it a break. Yeah. Unfortunately, the one person did not listen. And I had to like, I just, I can't help you if, if that's going to be your mentality and you're dead set on not changing, I'm not for you. Yeah. And I think that's a really big disconnect is that people think that they're dieting in the name of health, but that's another step in rejecting the diet mentality is to look at the physical and the emotional damage that it actually does to you. It slows down your metabolism. You know, people complain about hair loss and, um, they lose their period and they're chronically exhausted and they have food anxiety and social anxiety. Is that healthy? Not in my books. Agree. Okay. So we got step one, reject the notion that dieting won't work. Step two, do uncomfortable things. What would you suggest step three is? So I would say that it's a way of bringing awareness to what your relationship with food is. And so many times, if you've done a bunch of different diets or you spend a lot of time online, you've probably picked up on a few food rules that you've made up for yourself based on what other people are doing. I had so many. You can't eat after 7 p.m. If you eat bread, it's one slice a day and it has to be whole wheat. Um, Low fat is better than full fat. Um, You can only have one piece of fruit a day. Like there's so many different rules that we internalize depending on what you've done. There's some diets who tell you that carbs are bad. So you start, okay, if I eat a sandwich for lunch, I am not having carbs for dinner. So I would say it's to sit down, take out a piece of paper and write down all of those rules that you subconsciously try to live by every single day. And I do this with my clients and they start off with like one or two. And then what they realize is, oh my God, I have one page, two page, three pages worth of rules that I've picked up on. And who, who invented those rules? Who invented those rules and what is it serving you to try to live by them? If you are hungry after 7 p.m., it's not a sign of weakness. It is your body saying, hello, I did not get enough fuel during the day. I need more. Or hello, there's something missing and I need more. And we need to stop demonizing hunger as if it's a sign of weakness. Your body is constantly communicating with you. And I always use this example the same way that you are not going to judge your body when you feel the need to go pee because you know that simply means that your bladder is full or when you start yawning at the end of the day because you've had a long day and you need to go to bed. We don't judge those, but we've learned to judge our body communicating with us that we need this source of fuel. 
We need to stop working against our body and start working with it. Yes, that's beautiful. Journal the food rules you've subconsciously made for yourself. Mm -hmm. And what do you do with the paper that once you've journaled it? So it can be very overwhelming and scary to start breaking those rules. So I would say start with one. And it could be the one that gives you the least anxiety about breaking and break it in a way that you're paying attention and you're being present. So let's say that your food rule is, um, I can't eat bread, for example, don't go out at a restaurant and, and eat bread when there's people around and you're distracted. And there's a lot of things that can cause you that anxiety, just sitting down on your own and work towards breaking one rule at a time and then reflecting how did you feel after, right? How did your body respond to having carbs or how did your body respond to having food after 7 p.m.? And Popcorn with the movie at night. Mm-hmm. And, and not just eating it and then dismissing it and moving on to the next one for really evaluating what thoughts you were having about this food. And a lot of the times we go to worst case scenario. Oh my God, if I have this food, it means I'm a bad person, or it means that I've broken my diet being able. And I'm a very big fan of journaling, journaling on your experience, breaking that rule and working your way up and seeing that it doesn't kill me actually to eat this way. And most of the time I, I've had a lot of clients who weren't eating breakfast because they thought that's what they had to do. And they realized, oh my God, when I started eating breakfast, guess what? I had more energy throughout the day. I didn't have these cravings and these binges at the end of the day. I felt better. So working through, and that's why I recommend that you started the easiest one and then kind of working your way up. And working through one rule at a time. And more you dismantle these rules and these diet beliefs, the more that you're going to be able to reconnect to, okay, what actually makes me feel good? Was I doing this because it was a rule? Or am I now doing this because it feels good? For example, I know for me, I feel better when I don't eat super late at night. It just simply makes me feel better. I'm not doing it because I think that is going to help me lose weight. I'm not doing it because someone else told me to do it. I know that that's what makes my body feel good. And when you're able to start doing it from a place of self-care, you start trusting that your body will tell you what it needs and you start walking hand in hand with it instead of feeling like every day is a fight. I can't eat that. Make sure that you don't give into your cravings. I mean, what kind of life is it to feel like you're constantly fighting against the one thing that is going to be with you the entirety of your life, which is your body? Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be a really good hashtag. Someone could like, I broke this rule today. Hashtag break the rules. Yeah, I love that. If you're listening in. One, we already talked about getting rid of whatever connection that you have to get rid of, whether it's a social media group, whether it's the containers, get rid of it, throw the weight scale out the window, watch it shatter, 
The second thing would be write down, just, just start with one rule that you've created subconsciously or consciously that you're abiding by because who knows wherever you picked it up at and then break that rule, comment about it or post about it on social media and create a hashtag, break the rule. Mm-hmm. And then hashtag be on the diagnosis. So we see it too. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Sabrina, definitely go check out Sabrina Moya. Manya. Manya. Dang it. <laughs> so Sabrina, M-A-G-N-A-N dot com. She's a free consultation. So backslash audit, A-U-D-I-T for that free consult. Check out her website if you resonate with this and help heal your relationship with food. Thanks for joining us today, Sabrina. My pleasure. Feel empowered? Loved this episode? Help others find it by leaving a review. It's the best compliment I can receive. Then take your learning one step farther and discover what your normal labs really tell you by downloading the free cheat guide and register for the next three-day live challenge. Do it all at drkylieburton.com. Remember, there's a cheat guide and a three-day live challenge for those of you with medical background too. Take your practice beyond the diagnosis with your free downloads and challenge at drkylieburton.com. This podcast is sponsored by Systemic Formulas, Nutribiome, and Terra Consulting, Inc. Systemic Formulas is the supplement company I trust with my patients and family. Everybody can join them on Instagram at Systemic Formulas Institute. Practitioners jump inside their Facebook group. It's called Systemic Formulas Clinical Nutrition. Once inside the group, search my name and you'll discover videos on labs, supplements, and business tools. It's all free see you on the inside. Are you a practitioner ready to up-level your online presence? Tara is your girl. She is a brilliant mind behind my entire platform, my practice, and the BTD mastermind. From writing the copy to building the technical back end of my website to marketing strategy, I highly recommend you let her take your dream and make it a reality, just as she did for me. Get started here at Tara Consulting Inc., Dot com. That's T-E-R-R-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-I-N-C dot com. Be back next week.